Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Hi, welcome to You Know That episode. I'm Victoria. And I'm Trev. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. Today we're talking about season two, episode 22 of Glee, titled New York, which <laughs> aired on May 24, 2011. Oh my god, like, this... the way, I have four pages of notes, like this episode. <laughs> no, I, so I just literally, not 15 minutes ago, just finished watching the episode, and you texted me, me too. like, yeah, you texted me and was like, hey, I have four pages of notes, and I'm like, diva same. I was, I was... <laughs> in my laptop while watching this episode it's so fucking good it's so good fully 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 i think we watched it at the same time because i i was like okay we're recording at this time like let me just pop yeah. on the episode yeah i was like i'm just gonna do it now get it out of the way so then i have like a little time before we record and then we both finished at the same time and we're like wait can we just record now i think we were both so hyped <laughs> Yeah, the, the episode was too good. Like, I think watching it right before we record is the move because, like, I think so I was just too. literally pumped to talking about it. Yeah, like, I like, just, I just I like, was ready. Let's go, let's go. Like, I just, I need to get it out. I'm like right? frothing at the mouth to talk about this episode. It's so excellent. Okay, let's jump in. My let's first thing it. that I need to say, I completely forgot that this is a season two finale. Like, I feel yes. like I just remember it being like a competition episode. I didn't really remember that it was the finale. Oh. So they go in like, for the finale on this one. Okay. We need to start with a couple of things about this episode, why I chose this episode. First of all, mm-hmm. it had such an impact on me. Like, Oh, yes. Theater obsessed, closeted lesbian with a burning desire to leave the hometown for college. Like, oh, my God. Fully, fully, fully made me obsessed with New York. It was written for you. It was written for me. Um, We also need to... First, talk for one second quickly about the paparazzi photos that were taken of the cast. Oh my god, this is being filmed. The fact that I was literally on Tumblr when this episode was filmed. Mm -hmm. I literally was like, these photos, like the paparazzi BTS photos, all that type of shit, and like the videos people were taking of them shooting it and everything, and like the the spoilers we were getting. Because I was like, I'm not someone who generally cares about spoilers. Like, if I really follow a show or really like something, like, I will seek everything out because I just, like, I love... My favorite part about enjoying something is, like, all the behind the scenes and, like, all the nerdy shit about, like, production and all that type of stuff. So I am... I was deep into the BTS and paparazzi photos and, like, all the theorizing about, like, what's happening in this episode. Like, are they going to win? Like, da-da-da-da-da. What songs are they going to do? I I was so in it. Like... Me too. I just can't believe I literally was part of that. Like, I feel like Netflix yeah. isn't as much of a platform for that kind of speculation nowadays. No, like, not really. Of course, there's like Twitter. But everything's like, so under wraps. Yeah, everything's so under wraps. It like, was so different on Tumblr. Yeah, it was because people would post photos, long form analyzations. Like it would be like yeah. paragraphs, paragraphs about like, like the exact location. Anything. What is the context of the location? Uh, just so much <laughs> information. And like. I remember seeing the paparazzi photos of, like, Kurt and Rachel at Tiffany's and, like, Literally. that whole sequence and being like, this is excellent. Like, it, I was being fed. I love it. Like, it was such a, it's such an integral part of the experience it of this is. episode. I wish everybody listening to this episode could have been on Tumblr. Some of you are able to say that you were, but not all of you. You were there. Um, You survived, you survived. it. 
All right, Naya's green and black striped dress with yellow jacket, Leah Michelle's rainbow jacket with the beret are burned into my fucking brain from how many times I reblog those pictures. Like, and the pictures of Leah and Corey taken in Central Park uh, had Tumblr so divided on whether they were mm-hmm. true candidates or whether they mm-hmm. were literally being taken while filming a Finchel scene, which we now know they were being filmed while on that bridge yeah. in that dress and in that outfit. But between scenes, they looked way too in love. Like, we just knew. Yeah. Oh, there was no way that they weren't, like, actually together at that time. There was no way in hell. Okay, here's the timeline. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, so they filmed in NYC on April 24th or 25th or both of 2011. And then, so the official timeline goes that Leah and Theo broke up in 2011. We don't know the exact date, but some people say late 2011. I think it was earlier. And we all mm-hmm. freaked out when we saw these super romantic pictures of Leo, Leah and Corey on that bridge and in between scenes like they're so happy they're so smiley they're like so like they just look too fucking in love they didn't officially announce their relationship till august of 2012 when they attended a red carpet event but yeah we all knew something had happened because they looked way too happy when they were filming and like no shade to Corey or leah they're not like they're good actors they're not that good right (laughs) like it was so obvious it's so Uh, Yeah, it's so obvious that they were, like, falling for each other behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Because, like, their chemistry is just, it's excellent. Unparalleled in this episode, I think. Yeah. And I'm not, like, I, Finchel, I go back and forth on a lot because I think they're both so annoying. I have a hard time with them. But this episode, ooh, it does it for me. It does it for me. So it opens with Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue and shots of the old Times Square, which is... So beautiful. The Times Square I knew and loved when I moved to New York for college with the old billboard marquee of the Broadway shows instead of the stupid yeah. ass Jumbotron screen. I hate how it looks now. I hate it so bad. I, I just I hate it so much. Boycott the new Times Square. And this is the this is the Times Square I grew up going to because I like I grew up in like I lived in Yonkers. Right. Which was so funny in the I love New York, New York scene. Like when Mercedes is like I got to see it all, like, Yonkers down to the bay. I'm like, you don't have to see Yonkers. It's okay. You're not missing much. But, yeah, like, this is the one I used to go to, like, when we would go see the tree every year or, like, do a day trip in the city or go to the old Pokemon Center and stuff like that. Like, this is this is the Times Square that I knew. Literally. Very well. I spotted Mamma Mia, Phantom, mm-hmm. Rock of the Ages, oh. Catch Me If You Can, Jersey Boys, Wicked, and... Daniel Radcliffe, How to Succeed, which Darren literally took over when Daniel Radcliffe left. Yeah. So, and then it was uh, Nick Jonas at one point too, right? Yeah. It was like the three of them were the big ones. Yep. Which I never got to see, unfortunately. Me but either. Yeah. Catch Me If You Can is so good. Yeah. Um, I really like it. Underrated. All right. The pan to Rachel in her coat. This is like maybe her most iconic outfit, I think. I think so too. And then when she goes, I made it. Like, why did this episode make me tear up like multiple, te- multiple times? Multiple times I teared up. It's just like, it's so, it's wish fulfillment. Like this whole episode is just wish fulfillment of like, wow, it is. these weirdos are getting what they want. It's so lovely. Literally. No, because the fact that when I went to New York, I literally went to this exact location and took <laughs> the exact like photo of myself in that exact location on Facebook with the caption, I Absolutely. made it. Absolutely. I, oh I just had, had to. I just had to. This is a judgment-free space. You had this to. This is a judgment-free space. There's so many things I did from this episode in real life. We're going to get to it. But <laughs> moving along to Kurt's outfit. <laughs> 
Kurt is on one on this episode. <laughs> For real. Really? is He's serving. I don't know what, but he's serving. Like, next level outfits from Kurt. Yeah. Oh, I like his shoes later on. And I'll, meant, like, I'll call it out specifically because they're so good. The ones when they're at the Gershwin? Yes. Yeah, those shoes oh, are good. Oh, they're so good. He looks great. His hair looks really good in this episode, too. Agreed. All right. Now we immediately cut to a scene where they all start singing. And then Rachel's like, sorry, guys, I need to interrupt. <laughs> now this part. This is wrong. The part where Rachel gets them all tickets to Cats is not believable. It's like, so out of character. Are you you're, so you're telling me Rachel and Kurt weren't living on Broadway World message boards? No, literally, surely Broadway superfan would know all about which shows are still running. This is poor writing. Especially if when Cats closed. Like, that's just right, something you know. because it's like the know. longest running show on Broadway. Everybody knows that. There's no, yeah, that was like, that is like one of the weirdest character inconsistencies in this whole episode. And like one of the only big ones. Because it's just like, there is, there is genuinely no way that Kurt and Rachel, of all people, did not know that information. They should have made Puck or Sam say this line. And the fact that it was Quinn who informed Rachel that it had closed, it should have been Kurt, if anybody. But okay. Yeah, I think it would have been nice if it was Finn, because then it could be like, oh, he's trying to do something nice for Rachel and like team morale and all that. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. then Rachel's like, that's very sweet. But and then we get both of them being very in character. Right. It's weird. It is weird. All right. Then we cut to the hotel and the concierge had a point. (laughs) <laughs> when she's like, um, most of the other teams split by sexual orientation. <laughs> Which is, I mean, yeah, for a show choir competition, she's not wrong. Yeah, she's right. And then Finn and Rachel are talking. It's clear that Finn and Quinn have just recently broken up, which we were right. A few episodes back, we started yeah. speculating as to like, wait, they're broken up and now he's with Quinn again? Is he cheating? Or like, what's it's going on? It's a lot on? of back. This is the season with the most back and forth between the two of them. Like, yeah. it's it's a lot. This is the... This is the love triangle season for the three of them. Right. In a way where it's like, it's kind of whiplash at times. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, wait, I forgot. Yeah. I really like how this scene is shot. Me too. How it's just like keeps pe- going from one conversation to another. It's really, really smooth. Yeah. And just kind of, it feels like some of those scenes you have of them, like the game of telephone that they have in the in the hallways and things like that. Yeah. It kind of mimics that feeling of just like bouncing between people. I really, really like this scene. Not to be like that pretentious person right now, but it f- it's very New York how it's shot. It's like very rap, like quick fire, yeah. like back and forth, back and forth, like onto the next, onto the next. Conversation the next. on top of each other. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I really like it. I I could do without the... I wish it wasn't Puck at the bar with Lauren. I wish it was like Artie and her. I think that would have been funnier. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to see Puck ever, so. I have a note about this scene later that I wish it would have been cut so we could have gotten more of for good. For good. Oh, yeah, because they, we'll get to that. Yeah. I have my issues with that scene too. Okay, so then we cut to the hotel room and then Kurt's like, did you know I can get a hee tartare and a steak sandwich at three in the morning? And the way that's so like (laughs) indicative of small town to big town life, because like in Manchester, like the only 24 hour things that we have is like one McDonald's and the Red Arrow and everything else closes at like seven. And it's so stupid. And then you move to New York. You have USA Chicken and Biscuit which is open till 1 a.m. on the weekdays and 3 a.m. on the weekends, which is which is where I lived in college. Okay. But I pay we will pay our respects to USA Chicken and Biscuit. Okay, fine. <laughs> Paying our respects, but I will just say <laughs> that like when you move to the city or you moved like in the opposite direction. 
Like you kind of were exposed to city yeah. life all growing up, and then you move to that small town, and it's just like, what? Not, why the fuck is everything closed? It's like, whiplash. It is going from Yonkers, where things are generally open pretty like later, like normal, like I consider normal hours. Then to upstate, where it's like most things close pretty early, other than like the bars, which like I wasn't going to because I was a teenager. Then to go to Manchester, and it just kind of be like, there's a couple places, but not a lot. Yeah, it's very, it's very weird, especially. I mean. That's the, the that's the thing in New York is everything's open. You get Chinese food at three in the morning, four in the morning. City that never sleeps. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best part about it. Or and in any big city, like when I lived in Philly, it was similar. Where it was like, oh, I know I could just get food like any hour that I needed it, pretty much. Literally. Um. All right. And then Shu basically tells them you're not allowed to leave this room until you write your two get songs. And yeah. And then he goes to Crossroads. I, like, forgot about that storyline. Me too. Wait, I literally wrote that too. I, like, I completely totally forgot, forgot about, about it. it. I was, I just, again, I don't think I cared about it because it was shoe. <laughs> right? It's also, yeah, that song sucked. That song sucked, but it's actually in a little bit. Yeah. And my note was that I literally fast forwarded through it. Yeah. I have a note about that. We'll get to later when we get to it. So we get My Cup by Britney. Okay. Why does it kind of go? Wait, but I have a question. Yeah. Is that actually Britney singing? Because why does she sound like that? I think like it that? is. If I if I remember correctly, I think it is. But she does sound a little weird. They always do some fucked up editing on people's voices. Only to people who can't sing. And she can't. <laughs> like she's not. She's a fine singer, but yeah, the the Glee Wikipedia says that it's uh, Britney singing it, and it doesn't say that anyone else is like doing the okay. dub for Heather saying what's up to my cup. <sighs> It's just not good, but it is funny. It is funny. I was like, okay, slay. Slay a bit. I could get into this. It's better than my headband. <laughs> it's kind of catchy. Yeah, I was like, this is cute. I like this. This is like, they're having fun. And everyone's faces in this scene is funny. And then we get one of my fave Glee songs of all time. Oh, yes. The way I literally shrieked when I saw Naya. Like, she looks so good in those boots, like... In front of the fountain with a fudge pop. This is legendary. Like, this is iconic moments in Glee. I, I literally died. Like, I love this number. This is also one of my favorite Madonna songs of all time. It just, like, they're so happy and they look so good and they just, like, they killed it, honestly. I love them so much. And the scenes like this make me be like, oh, Glee, like, just. Yeah. And they're just, like, excited and happy and, like, it feels very accurate to small town kid going to the big city because mm -hmm. they're just like so overwhelmed and so like optimistic and they're like of course it's gonna work out we need to we're, we don't have to write the song new york is <laughs> gonna write it for us it's like you're so stupid that's so cute i know i love them and then we cut to um the boys and they're like just chatting and um puck is like you just need to ask rachel out he's right i hate to say it he's right but the fact that sam actually knows what city is the actual city of love bisexual moment truly like he's not stupid he's just bisexual Mm-hmm. like he's, everybody <laughs> else is like wait i didn't even know that yeah i love sam. sam in this episode doesn't he doesn't have a lot going on but i everything he does have i i think it's cute i like it i know again who's shocked and then we cut to the girls and they're completely slacking off quinn <laughs> hits rachel in the head with a pillow queen behavior rachel has a bedazzled cell phone where she gets a text from finn the way I miss these types of phones, like, weirdly Me enough. Too. No, I do, too. And, like, having fights on them. Oh, like, your finger, your thumbs bleeding from the T9. My my thumbs were 
about to fall off, but it didn't matter because I was in a fight. <laughs> exactly, oh and God. I'm going to win. Yeah. Then we cut to a sucky shoe number, which I literally fast forwarded through. It's not good. It sucks. I listened to three seconds. It's also weird that it's an orig- that's a Matthew Morrison song that he's singing. Like, it just feels weird. There, I have a, a note later on for this episode, too, where most of the time with Glee, the songs that they choose, like, are specific to move the plot along in one way or another you know what i mean like for good does that new york new york does that i I like a lot like when kurt sings as if we never said goodbye or when rachel sings cry by kelly clarkson later on you you get these moments where it like it makes sense for them to sing these songs this song just feels weird in this episode and i'll bring this up again later when we talk about one of the original songs the original songs in this episode do not slap the way they should and do not move the plot along in a way i totally agree i was confused about what songs they were gonna sing i i actually thought this was gonna be the one where they sang loser like me and get it right no but that's the regionals for this season And, and that episode was so good because of those songs like those were some of the best original songs or like when mercedes sings um what's mercedes hell to the no oh uh, my god hell to the no fucking good Banger. so fucking good like these songs stink spoiler alert spoiler alert listener we will be talking about the song the episode where they do loser like me <laughs> hold that thought <laughs> hold that thought for next week because we will be speaking about it do not worry but yeah okay so um, i like heard this song and i was like you know what this song sounds like it sounds like the final song for someone who's on american idol why does it sound like that so i did a little googling And this song was written by someone who was on season eight of American Idol. They wrote it for Matthew Morrison, which is why it sounds like an American Idol song. Wait, season eight? Who was it? David Archuleta? No, it was Chris Allen who wrote it. Oh, wait, what season was David Archuleta? Nine, maybe? Oh, okay. Because Chris Allen won. He was the one who was with Adam Lambert. Oh, right. Oh, wow. I like Adam Lambert, who also appears on Glee. Yeah, and I think season nine was the Davids. Got it. Okay. If I'm correct. I think you're probably correct. Okay, I literally got chills because when he sees her, when he when Finn sees Rachel oh. coming into Central Park in that blue dress. It's such a good romantic moment. It is, like the bubbles in front of Rachel and the balloons. It's so spring in New York City and like she looks gorgeous. It feels very 90s rom-com in New York. It does, and he's so in love. Ah, oh, Finchel forever. I'm sorry, but Finchel forever. Don't apologize. This is this is one of those scenes where I'm like, I get it, where it uh-huh. makes sense to me, because uh-huh. it's just they're so they are so perfect for each other, even though I find it infuriating. <laughs> and then it's like so undeniable that they were like feeling that in real life. Like again, they're not that good of a- good of an actor duo. Like this is it real chemistry. Out. It's real chemistry. You can feel it. You can always tell. I always say this, but you can always tell when two actors have real chemistry, whether they admit it or not. Absolutely. Versus acting. But he he also looks very cute. He just looks like dopey and it's so in love with her. He does. Ah it's so romantic. It's so fucking romantic. And then they go to Sardis, which tell me how uh, this bitch loves Sardis but didn't know that cat's closed. No, because no, this okay. writing sucks. Again, character inconsistencies. Like, where is the mood board? And I've never been to Sardis. I was supposed to go. And then COVID happened. Oh, no. Did I tell you about this story? No. Okay. So, listeners, Victoria, <laughs> for my birthday in 2020, which I think was my 24th birthday, my best friend Michelle, who has been um, mentioned every single episode at this point, uh, basically the third co-host, got us tickets to see 
three Broadway shows. Oh my god! And we were gonna we were gonna do a whole weekend in New York for my birthday. What just shows? Us. Okay, so we were gonna see the Little Shop of Horrors revival that had Jonathan Groff. Oh my god! Are you fucking kidding me? We were gonna see Beetlejuice, which we both really enjoy because we're nerds. And then we were gonna see. I think it was one of the previews, or like right after it opened, of the revival of Company with Miss Patty Lapone. And the way I would literally be so jealous of you both if you would have actually been able to do this. I know. And then I made us reservations to go to Sardi's after di- for dinner after we saw Company. Like we had it planned to the to the minute. It's perfect. And then it got canceled because of COVID. And then we were going to do it again. And then it got canceled because of Omicron. Oh my god. So at this point, and the second time, we were just get, we were going to see Company and we were going to see Little Shop of Horrors because Beetlejuice had closed at that point. And you know who was in fucking Little Shop as Seymour when we were going to see it the second time? Who? Uh, Jeremy Jordan. Oh, 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 yeah. The way, like, it it was too good to be true. So I've never been to Sardis. One day I'll go. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to. And one day, maybe I'll see Company. <laughs> What? I'm dying to see Company. Like, how the fuck have I still not seen Company when I swear I'm like one know. of the biggest Company fans of all time? I know. That's literally my favorite show of all time. I've never seen like a live production of it. Ever. Not even like a local production. Which no. I, it's I also not one that with, a like... lot of local theaters do. Right. And I don't get why. I think it's, it's just so fucking hard. Oh my God. But it's such a weird musical that like, because it's not either way. This is not a Company podcast. We could go on and on about this, too. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's my Sardi story. One day I'll get there. And the gag of Patty Lapone showing up. Okay, wait, because the fact that they actually got Patty for this episode and not a body double whose face we never see. I'm so glad. Now, why would Rachel say Patty was her idol when we all know it's Babs? That was fake. Exactly. I feel like it would have made more it would have made more sense if Kurt had said that to Patty mm-hmm. or... If it was, like, another Broadway icon. I mean, I can understand where Rachel, like, has, like, obviously a lot of admiration for Patti Lapone. Like, there's no way you're a woman interested in Broadway, in musical theater, and you don't. But it's just, like, that's not the idol you associate Rachel with, so it doesn't make sense. Maybe they tried to get Babs, and she said no, and they just had to, like, keep the scene anyway, and Patti Lapone was down. You know what I mean? No, I think it was Rachel being fake. Because, I mean, you meet someone in real life, and you're like, oh my god, you're my idol, and it's just like, wait... I mean, it's also believe it like it's believable if you don't know Rachel. Mm-hmm. But like, Rachel's a Babs girl. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she says it. She even has that scene where she wants to get a nose job, and the thing that stops her is Barbara Streisand. Exactly. Sing that god awful song by Duck Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's your who's your ultimate musical theater diva? Now you know this. Now you no, know I, this. I Why would know you even this ask? Because the listeners. It's all for the listeners. You know who it is. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> no, they know who it is, too. Anybody who knows me in real life who's listening to this fucking podcast should know. It's Idina Menzel. I mean, that's, like, obvious, obvious. And if you're if you're talking, like, classic diva, it's Bernadette Peters. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, a contemporary diva, it's Stephanie J. Block. Ooh. And then... I was not uh, expecting that. I know. It's, it's always up between her and uh, Audra McDonald. Ooh, oh my god. Audra over Audra over Stephanie. I just, like, I resp- No, I think most people, but I just listened to the, to the, like, the original Wicked 
like workshop or like demos with Stephanie J. Block and like are the versions she did and stuff like that. And they get me. And also her in falsettos when she does I'm breaking down and she fucking belts it with bananas, like chewed up banana in her mouth. She's so fucking good. She's so funny. I love She's her. She's really good. I ride for her. She's really but, good. But yeah, her Audra for contemporary. And then if we're going like like classique, pre-2000, whatever, I think it's got to be either Patty or Bernadette for me. Ugh, fucking love Bernadette Peters. For such different reasons. Oh, she's so good. That's my favorite Mama Rose. I think they're like opposites almost. Absolutely. They also, this, yeah, they're absolutely opposites. I mean, I love them both. I would die for them both. Yeah, of course. I could never choose, but they, br- they bring such a different They bring crazed totally energy. different elements. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, enough about that. Enough about that. So Patty's like, <laughs> she's like, okay, bye. And then she's like, he's cute. And like, Rachel does this cute little laugh. So cute. So fucking cute. It's so cute. I know. And then. But that's exactly how you. It's, it's so true to like when you meet someone who you look up to and you like giggle afterwards and you're yeah. like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. You're it's like, so oh precious. Oh God. And she called my boyfriend cute. Ah! Uh, no. Like slay. Slay. And then they walk down Bedford <laughs> Street after dinner and he's like. It's so sweet. He's like, this is the part where I should kiss you. And she's like, I thought this is a work date. And he's like, really? And she's like, no. I screeched so loud that I scared Charlie. He woke up out of a nap because of how loud I screamed. <laughs> And like, but it's like ugh. everyone has had that kind of date where they're like you're hanging out and you're like, I don't know if this is a date, but it, I think it's a date. I want it to be a date. And then you finally are like, you when you know and you're t- and you mention it, and it's like this obviously isn't a date. But like I had, I was too scared to ask. You know what I yeah. mean? It's so true. It's so cute. Oh my god! And when he's like, take a chance on me, you know it was so hard for Rachel ugh. to walk away from that because she loves him. She loves him so so much. Like from the very she beginning, really she's had a crush on him. And then, like, for the boys to keep on singing when they literally witnessed her turn down the kiss and walk away, like, now why the hell did they keep singing is what I want to know. <laughs> Commitment to the drama. Commitment to the drama and the theatrics. Ugh. Also, where the fuck did they get an accordion? I know, right? It's like, how does, how does Puck know how to play the accordion? Where did these instruments come from and why the hell are Puck what and Artie even singing in this scene? Yeah, it should have been Mike, but that's my two cents. Or not, yeah, Mike would have been better, but I meant to say Sam. Yeah. Anyone would have been better. Yeah. And then we cut to the girls who have completely fallen asleep. Um, Rachel's PJs and hair are so cute. So cute. She's so cute in this episode. This is one of the best Rachel episodes. It is. We need to talk about this next scene. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. First off, Kurt shoes. Kurt shoes. No, you're completely skipping over something that's so important. No. Yeah. No, because we see Kurt shoes when he jumps on the bed. Okay, fine. You clocked the shoes when That's he jumped when in I, the bed. I wasn't paying attention to that. Yes, because they. I was like obsessed. I was like, wait, cute. I want those. I, I did not <laughs> notice the shoes until they were in the theater. I was too busy staring at Rachel because she looks so cute. That's fair. She looks so cute. Okay. The, oh my God, this scene is so precious. The fact that my best friend of over 10 years, Elizabeth, we... We used to watch Glee together every week, almost every week. And after seeing this episode, we literally took a bus from Manchester to Boston and then another one from Boston to New York for one day. Oh, I know that route. We didn't even stay overnight in the city. We walked from Port Authority to Tiffany's with bagels and coffee. And then we saw Wicked and then we went home. Jesus Christ. That is so exhausting. Just to think about that. This episode is making me want to cry. It's so good. This is like... Kurt and Rachel as friends. Oh, uh, the New-, New York should have been a spinoff of just them. 
and Santana. I fully agree. Oh, it's so good. It's so sweet. Kurt is such a good friend in these scenes. He's like, okay, let's go figure it out then. He's like, you need to visualize both options. She's like, when, oh. when we graduate, I'm coming back here and going to college here. Slay bestie. Same. Same. You better. Yeah, great plan. And then Kurt is like, Kurt is like, me too. I already talked to Blaine about it. And it's like, oh, so Blaine was supposed to be graduating with the two of you, huh? <sighs> supposed to be the same year as you, huh? Say again. It's like, again. Ooh, ooh. It makes me so annoyed. Ryan Murphy, you'll pay for your crimes. Ryan Murphy, why the fuck did you start them as sophomores? Answer me now. I want answers. At me on Twitter. That's so, ups- so upsetting. I'm so mad. Okay, they go to the Gersh. The Gersh win. <laughs> The amount of time that I've spent at the Gershwin Theater kills me. Like, literally kills me. I've never seen Wicked. Oh, my God. Ugh. I know. I'm not happy about it. We have to go one day because... I would li- I would, I would. literally collapse. I... Okay, imagine breaking the Gershwin Theater and singing for good on stage. I would literally die afterwards, I think. I would die. And then, I couldn't imagine. Are you kidding? I can't me? even imagine it. And then the security guard is so nice. He's so like this is a lie though. Like I want to know how yeah, many Gleeks went to this fucking theater and tried to break in. And oh, you just know Ryan Murphy got angry Jail. hate mail from the people at the Gershwin Theater. Absolutely, as he should. Rachel says that they're being fitted for Munchkin costumes. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like... They would look so cute as munchkins. They would. And he's like, you've got 15 minutes. So I want to know, what would your three songs be that you would perform in that 15 minutes? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm not that girl. Defying, I have to do Defying Gravity. And Dancing Through Life. Oh my god! Mine would be Dancing Through Life, Wizard and I, and Defying Gravity. Oh, Wizard and I would slay. It would be so good. Yeah. Oh shit. It's so good. I love Dancing Through Life. I think that's my second favorite in the whole show. Mine too. Ugh. It's so good and it's so underrated. Like nobody understands. Like there's definitely, it's such a bop. Like it's hard. Okay. So if it was just me, I those are the three I want to do. I want to do I'm Not That Girl. I want to do Dancing Through Life and I want to do Defy Gravity. Like I want to be the star. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if it's me and Michelle, like say it's me and my bestie. So it'd be me and Michelle. Like we have to do for good. Like, okay. So remember- listeners when victoria was explaining the like relationship that she and her friend letty have with happy days come like that whole duet yeah that is for good for me and michelle Mm. like this song we would like this song we bonded over so heavily when we first met and just have always been it's what it's always us it's always the thing for us there's a couple glee songs but for good is always the one like any version of it where we're just like it. Anytime we're on a road trip together or going anywhere, we always listen to it. I think of Michelle every time I listen to that song. It's just it's like the it's the one, and we would have to do it. Like it's it's so fucking good, and seeing them sing it in this episode, I got chills. Kills me. It kills me. I got chills right away oh. and like immediately was like nope because i should not have chosen this episode when i'm literally due to get my period like today or tomorrow like what was i thinking because the tears in his eyes when he started singing, <laughs> like oh, oh my god broke ah. me it's so beautiful his his he sounds so good and and okay they should not have cut this song they should down. not have shortened it no they should not have it's shortened it so Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-
And like there are other parts of this episode that I would be happy to not have. Me too. Any of the scenes with Puck, any of the scenes of um, the annoying people at the competition, like they should have cut the stupid ass scene of Puck at the bar so we could have gotten the full song. I'm fucking mad. And like, I don't need the scene of Goldsby or whatever his name is buying the shirts. Right. Like that's unnecessary to Literally. me. I don't need this. They could have shortened the shoe scene to just him doing his stupid song. And then having, like, a uh, moment at the end. Like, I didn't need the whole security guard exchange. There's um, so many fucking moments they should have cut to, so that we could have gotten this full song. They could have cut that stupid Usher song at the fucking comp... No, I, no, because I'm getting mad now. I'm getting fired up. Because it just, like, doesn't make sense. It's such a... Especially for Wicked, like, the context in Wicked for good is so important. To translate that that relationship of Glinda and Elphaba onto these two characters is like and then to cut it down Mm. it's upsetting Mm -hmm. it's so upsetting Mm -hmm. especially when bitch you're literally there right like it's literally the the gershwin theater can they please give us the entire song you're using the fucking sets i'm pissed at them when he he waves his hand and it switches (gasps) oh i died i died i died i died (laughs) movie magic movie magic movie magic i Oh, it gets me every time. It makes me so happy. I love this scene. I watch this scene, like, this is one of the Glee scenes that I revisit all the time. This is one of the Glee songs I revisit all the time. They sound so, so fucking good. They're so precious. I love them. They sound oh, so fucking just... good together. When they when they start to sing towards the end, uh, they sound oh, so bitch. fucking good. Best duet when award. Rachel, when Rachel takes it up. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Because, oh. oh, and the tears in her eyes. She starts to get tears she in her eyes. She is like, selling it. Oh, man. She is selling it. Do you think Adina was like, okay, bitch, you better. I hope she was. And you know what? I love them both. I'm saying Leah, <sighs> Leah would body Alphaba. She would. I really think she, she would. would. Anyone who denies it is killing like, themselves. You can hate Leah. You're not wrong. But like, she would body it. She would body it. Like, get her back on Broadway. Let her mind her business give her the roles right we can okay you know how she could pay her dues we mentioned this when we talked about funny girl mm-hmm. she can only be in shows as long as she's not the like she can't eligible originate for Tony. them yeah she can't originate them she can't star in the revi- in the first round of the revival she needs to come in as a replacement and that's how she will pay for her crimes while still getting the career she deserves because she is so fucking talented there we go that is the compromise we need as a culture and a community because holy shit, if I could see Leah Michelle in on fucking Broadway as Alphaba, I would I would be there day one. We are problem solvers. We need to be elected. I, I'm saying, I'm saying, put me in charge. There we go. All right, now we cut to a scene with Quinn, Santana, and Brittany, and Quinn's like, I'm gonna rat. Santana looks hot. She looks fucking hot. And then she- Quinn's like, I'm gonna rat on on Rachel and Kurt for like sneaking out. And Evil. Santana's like, you're just pissed because Finn dumped you. Get over it. Like, yes, let her know. Okay. And then I love how Yeah, Santana, I'm glad that she, like, goes at her. Right? I'm so glad that Santana doesn't back down just because Quinn raises her voice. Like, who do you think you're talking yeah. to? Yeah. Exactly. And, like, Santana's right in the scene. She's like, you're being a bitch mm-hmm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. You're going to hurt everyone else because you're upset. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then Quinn's like... She has it. Tina has it. Even Zeissy's hooks up. Why can't we have it? And Santana's like, um, you mean you? Because Brittany and I are in love. But anyway. Yeah, she's like, anyway, actually. <laughs> and then 
Santana's like, I know how we can make you feel better. And Quinn's like, I'm flattered, Santana, but I'm really not that into that. And the the fact that she says, I'm not that into that instead of I'm just not into that. Um, okay. Because is it just me or Santana's blushing after that? Absolutely she is. Are you kidding me? She's a lesbian. She's blushing. Right? A pretty girl just said that. She's blushing. Right. Oh, I... Yeah, Quinn is evil in this scene. Mm-hmm. Diana Agron is acting though, mm-hmm. and I do feel empathy for her Mm-mm. because you she she me. gets me. She got I know, but she just got Diana Agron does a good job, so I I can't help but feel empathy for Quinn, even when she's being her most gutted. <laughs> um. All right, and then we have this scene with Matt Bomer. Or wait, this isn't Matt Bomer. This is Cheyenne <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> you know what? You're not you're not super far off. <laughs> Oh my god! You're not super far. I off. always confuse them. Somewhat hunky guys with good I mean, teeth yeah. who are like kind of hot, but also kind of there's something kind of weird about. And also like yeah. constantly in Ryan Murphy shows. Yes, he does. Like I literally have a note where I was like, he's hot in a not really way. True. It's because of his teeth. Like he's like, not like, ugly he has, by like, any means. Hunky yeah. look, but like if you look closely, he looks like a cartoon hot guy. Yes. Like um, where Matt Bomer, I think, is like just full stop sexy. Mm-hmm. But he, Cheyenne Jackson, there's something, there's something suspicious about it. All right. And then. Not in a bad way, but he looks like a cartoon. True. Um, so he brings up the fact that Shu is going to Broadway and I completely forgot about the Shu goes to Broadway storyline. Complete, like, I don't yeah. remember it at all. Must have blocked it out of my mind because it just. Sucked. Yeah. And he says. It's just not something I care about. Me either. And um, Goolsby's like, it's all over the Broadway blogosphere, and you just know he means Broadway world message boards. Yeah, they just didn't want to get sued. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, like, okay, for them to, mess- to mention the Broadway message boards, and then Kurt and Rachel be so stupid in the beginning. I'm still pissed about that. It doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't click. Yeah, What's not clicking? It doesn't click. And then... He goes back to the hotel room. They've all been informed, which is like, wait, how did they get informed so quickly after they just met? Like him and him and yeah. Shu just met. And then he went and informed the Glee Club before Shu was able to get up the elevator into his room. Like it's not adding. I think that they had like beefed earlier uh, in the season. I don't exactly remember. But like, yeah. How does he get there before him? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't click. <laughs> it doesn't click again. And then that was a cute moment because he's like, never mind, I'm not doing it. Like, I had my one moment on the stage. Now I'm here with you. And like, we're just gonna, like, I'm not leaving, basically. And they all get go in for a hug. And then... Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, it cuts to the uh, competition. And I'm just like, what happened to the songwriting scenes? Like, I completely forgot the order of this episode. Yeah, they like dropped it. Fully dropped it. Oh my god, wait, so I was just Googling Cheyenne Jackson uh, about, like, his relationship mm-hmm. to Glee and everything like that. He was supposed to be in the Acafellas episode, but dropped out because he got sick. And then he was supposed... He auditioned for oh Will originally. Oh my god. Imagine Mr. Shu. No, yeah, that would be such imagine? a different character. It would be it would really be weird. weird. He's not earnest enough. He's too, like... No, he's too hunky. It's not even that. Like, Mr. Shu has, like, a down-to-earth like like he's a loser yeah that's what i'm trying to say in in a nicer way you believe him when he's like downtrodden right and like i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to believe cheyenne jackson is that yeah 
All right. Um, the first performance at the show sucked. Weird. I'm just going to say it. And then, and then for Mercedes to be like, wow, they're so good. I was shocked. I was like, what? Mercedes? Come on now. She's on one in this episode. When she, the, earlier in the episode, when she's like, did you know that New York is built on old York? And someone's <laughs> like, I don't think that's true. And she's like, it's okay. I'm pretty. And I'm like, exactly. You are pretty. You're right. Oh pretty God. girls get to be, get to be dumb. Oh my God. Um, it's so funny. Yeah, and then we get that stupid ass scene where um, Goolsby is buying the t-shirts and he calls... Yeah, again, filler. Filler, stupid scene. He calls Shu a bag of meat. Like, okay. <laughs> but wait, when he, when he... During their first interaction, I forgot to mention this, when he says that he he wishes he could just, like, whip his kids and he hates so them. So fucked up. And then Willis, like... It's so fucked up. And then when Will is like, I love my kids. And he's like, why? At least mine are attractive. Yours look like they aren't baked properly. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Sheesh. Fucking rotten. It's so mean. It, I almost pissed my pants. It was so fucking funny. Imagine being cast in this show and being constantly tormented and humiliated by the writers. And being like, wait, are they right? <laughs> yeah like the therapy bills for this cast must be astronomical after it oh my but God. it's also like imagine you get cast on this show and your whole job is to just be a horrible bitch to everyone true kind of a, that's kind of a serve true unless you're leah michelle and then it's like roll that back oops um and then i mean on that same note we get the scene of sunshine and rachel in the bathroom and sunshine's like spitting oh, yeah. facts only facts she's like Absolutely. You're kind of mean, but I don't think you're stupid. And then she's like, I thought Glee Club was a safe space, but for some reason you made me feel the, like I was the only one who wasn't safe there. So sad. I was like, yikes, because the way it could be about Leah Michelle too. Do you think Leah Michelle read that and was like, what are they trying to tell me? I mean, I don't think so, because I don't think she was aware enough it didn't of click. her behavior to yeah. even feel bad about it. But Yeah, and Rachel just like always cornering Sunshine in a bathroom. I'm like, oh get God. away. Right? back up like okay but the, it was cute how she was like trying to be supportive after and yeah and like they make up mm-hmm. and then i do always love how rachel announces her hugs yeah. it's very cute very cute very rachel the crowd is lit like it's packed the crowd the is l- ready yeah yeah and like she was good um she was really good sunshine slays at first it wasn't that good and i was just like okay next and then she started getting really good and i was like wow okay yeah I really, I think, I just like this performance. I think it's, it's like huge 90s action romance montage power ballad excellence. Mm-hmm. It, they filmed it a really, in a really good way. Yeah. This is Celine Dion vibes. This is Diane Warren coded. Mm-hmm. Like it has that energy of just like, cause when we see Sunshine previously, like she sings these, the big Celine Dion songs and like just big songs in general. Which makes sense. So it's just like, I like this. This is my favorite original song in this episode. Me too. I couldn't even tell that it was an original song. Yeah, same. I had to look it up because I was like, wait, I don't know who this song yeah. is by. Usually I'm pretty good about that. I didn't look it up, but I would have guessed Celine Dion. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like that. So then I looked it up and I was like, oh, this is an original. That's really interesting. I I like it, com- especially compared to the duds that are the New Direction songs. Right. So it was ni- it's nice to, it's like, well, spoiler, no wonder they beat them, but. Uh, yeah, Sunshine yeah, ate. Yeah, she ate. And then we cut to Finn and Rachel behind the curtain, and he's like, I don't get it, because suddenly you're not interested. And it's like, suddenly, girl, you waited too fucking long. What yeah. part don't you get about you waited too fucking long? You should have stopped fucking around with Quinn. She's been obsessed with you for two fucking years, you idiot. 
God, that really pissed me exactly. off. Exactly. Like, it's like, it's just boys being oblivious. He's so stupid. Like, good. Rachel, don't. He's matter of so fact, stupid. Rachel, you shouldn't have kissed him. Fuck Finchel. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> the quick turn. The, the cr- insane pivot. Um, I hate this song. This song is 2011. So 2011. Okay. Can I explain to you, like, my stream of consciousness explanation for this song i just know it's gonna be something demented go ahead it's christina perry twilight breaking dawn part two b-side oh my god in a but like in a derogatory nobody's way. gonna know what like, the fuck you the, mean yes they will listeners, listeners yes you will <laughs> i know oh i know some of you people out there i know you personally some of you i know you'll get it but that's exactly what it is. It's just, like, not a sleigh. It's uh, it's also very, like, Avril Lavigne B-side, shitty pop. Like, it's just not good. It's not it. It's They sound totally fine. That is the thing. And it's just, like, it's lackluster. And, of course, Finn wrote this. He sucks. The song sucks. Finn with his lack of talent. The, the no audio when they kissed is the height of drama. Slay. That was good. Audio editing slay. And then Jesse's like, was that scripted? And Mr. She's like, no. Literally no one clapped. No one, no one clapped. clapped. No one clapped. <laughs> the song sucked okay. so bad. Jonathan Groff playing straight is the funniest bit in this entire show. Truth. Top to bottom, seasons one through six. There's nothing funnier than me look them tell putting Jonathan Groff on my screen and saying, This man likes women. No, he doesn't. It's just so obvious. Are you, he has the gayest face I've ever seen in my life. True. Blaine looks gayer than like looks straighter than him. And it makes sense that he kidding? does because he is. It's just like, supposedly. it's not, it's not, it's so fucking, fu- yeah, oh, please. <laughs> Girl. Okay, now, I, I literally didn't remember what songs they chose. Like, I was like, huh? So I don't. They're doo-doo. They are, they all Especially, suck. like, okay, here's the thing. Because I'm assuming that these songs, like, all the original songs probably had to be written early on into the show. Like, while they're into the writing process of the season as a whole. Like, that's my guess. I'm giving them some credit there. Why wouldn't you put these two songs, or at least, what is it, Light Me Up or something like that? Put Light Me Up in the Loser Like Me spot I, th- at the mid-season finale. I don't remember these songs at all. So, like, I don't even know what song exactly. Is that the one that was bad? No, Loser Like Me is the good no, one no, that they no, do no, an original no, song. No, I know Loser Like Me. I'm talking oh, about Oh, Light Me, me up, up is the second one. Oh, okay. So it's like, put that, because it's like totally, it's like, fine, doesn't really matter, whatever. Put that in the season mid-season finale. They win at regionals with that. Then you use Loser Like Me, which is a really good song and actually moves the plot along. But the bad news is they couldn't have won regionals without Loser Like Me. And then they wouldn't have gotten here. I know, but I know, but it's also like they didn't win nationals with this shit. So it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I know, but the whole point was that they get there and they don't win. It's annoying, though. No, the song like, sucks. It's so annoying because it's just not good. It's like... I know. I would have preferred for them to lose with a better song instead of lose, them no, losing. No, because that would have pissed me off so bad. The song rocked and they still lost. That's not believable at all. The songs kind of had to suck because they needed to lose for some reason. Yeah. I don't even get why they wanted them to lose. I guess. I don't... I mean, probably to set up eventually them winning in season three. I bet that they had all the songs written at the same time. Loser Like Me, Light Me Up, all these songs. And then they were like, what songs are the worst and what songs are the best? The best ones are going in the middle so we can pump people up and make them think that they're going to win. And then the bad songs will go in the finale. And that's why they chose it that way. Oh, it's Light Up the World, not Light Me Up. I was getting confused with an Ingrid Michaelson song. (laughs) 
Sorry, my gay came out. I was thinking about Ingrid Michaelson. You're good. <laughs> I have one note, one more note on this to say that. Please. So this popped into my head when Rachel's like dancing and like singing her song and like she looks pretty cool. And I was thinking to myself, Rachel is cooler than Quinn in any moment where there's a show competition. And that's why Quinn's so yeah. better because like Rachel's life is coming together. But Quinn is the definition of peaked in high school. Absolutely. And it's a, her, that's why her and Finn are so perfect for each other mm-hmm. because they both have nothing to offer outside of a high school setting. Like they're, they're nobodies right. outside of it where then you have characters like Kurt, Santana, Rachel, Rachel Mercedes. Blaine, Mercedes, Pretty much everybody Sammy, but Quinn and Finn. Everybody else. They have these huge aspirations. I mean, even Puck, like shitty as he is, has aspirations outside of high school where Finn and Quinn just like really hold on to the people that were around them. And I mean, eventually Quinn does go to Yale and everything like that and is doing acting there. So I guess she's trying, but we don't see that until it's actually happening. And like the very few scenes we get with her post-graduation, you know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, her and Finn are just high school losers peaked in high school. Head cheerleader and football quarterback always peak in high school. It's just at this always. point. And it's, it's like, I guess it makes sense with like the archetype that they're playing. But it's just like, yeah, it's a little frustrating at times when you're like, oh, I wish they had done more with this kind of. And I guess they try with Finn a little bit here and there of him being like, oh, I want to do more with my life. Like, I want to be like Mr. Shu and help kids and all that stuff, like whatever we get later on. But it just feels still feels like, oh, he's trying to relive his glory days. Mm hmm over and over and over again which is exactly the problem with Chu, but we don't get any sort of like new dimension to it when it's finn doing it mm-hmm. but whatever i mean it doesn't really matter both of them are lame mm-hmm. like, they, like they at are. the end of the day they both are not good characters right we cut to um the scene with um rachel jesse and finn and jesse's like rachel you look beautiful but you shouldn't have kissed him <laughs> and finn's like you're just jealous because everybody in the audience saw what we did and Jesse's kind of right, because I would be weirded out if I saw two people kiss in the middle of a performance like that. I feel conflicted about this. I feel like it would be weird. It would be weird. It's, it's not necessarily... Um, I mean, they're just high schoolers. It's not like it's a Broadway performance yeah. and the two co-stars kissed each other. It's more like... Yeah, it would be... I think Finn saying Superman of Kisses is stupid. That's a dumb line. I don't even think it's funny. In an in a embarrassing way. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why they why it's weird and uncomfortable mm-hmm. I, I agree that it is both of those things i don't think they should have done it mm-hmm. but i don't think it's that bad i'm sure people have done worse yeah i think it's not what cost them the competition i, I think don't the think fact so that either. they did bad songs yeah. is what cost them the competition mm-hmm. and at least they didn't kiss in like an inappropriate spot in the song or set list like it made sense with what they were the story they were conveying yeah it's not like he like ripped her clothes off either like it was just a kiss at yeah the end they of, just like, shared a, romantic a kiss song. And, uh, and yeah and a song about like longing and all that shit so it's like i get it it's it's weird but i don't think it's like blasphemous or horrible as everyone else makes it out to be I think, yeah, unprofessional maybe but they're also not professionals they're teenagers yeah they're juniors in high school at this point yeah so what do you expect from them? But I, yeah, again, I think that's another way of them trying to justify them losing as like to get one more thing on the list of reasons why they lost. And they didn't even lose that bad. I mean, they come in 12th place. So it's not like they got like demolished. And that was something I was thinking of too, where I was like, if they really wanted to set them up for failure, they could have made them be like 35th out of 50, like really set them back. But yeah, 12th isn't that bad. And But I also don't think them kissing is that bad either. 
I don't think, yeah, I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it cost them the, the competition, but I do think it was a little bit weird. But anyway, all right. So absolutely, they didn't place. Heartbreaking, and then we cut to Blaine and Kurt, and um, Blaine's like, "No, Jesse was kind of right, but keep going." <laughs> uh, oh, Blaine looks so cute in his little cardigan. He does. He's also looks so cute while he's listening to Kurt, like hand under the chin. Uh huh. Uh huh. Tell me he's everything. So in love. He is. It's such a real scene of like a couple filling each other on the goings on. Like when Bernie comes home from her mom's, or like something happens at work, and we're like talking about it, and we're just like listening to each other. It's like so real. I'm assuming this is similar for your relationship as it is to mine, because you and I are very similar. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the time it's me info dumping. Yes. And just talking at my boyfriend yeah. while they listen to me. No, literally. And that's, I'm assuming it's, it's similar for you and Bernie. It's the same. Or I'll, I'll be like, listen, th- this, hang on, let me tell you something. And I'll go on and on. <laughs> like, about nothing that matters. No, because we'll be watching a movie or a show and I'll pause it and be like, do you know who that actor is? Let me tell you right now. I need to tell you something right now. That person. Know it. <laughs> she raised me. That's my mother. Like, I do that to Tony constantly. To the point where I ha- like I have to stop myself sometimes. I can't stop myself and Bernie knows that by now, but I'll literally be like, no, 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 no. Wait a second. That lady was on that episode that we watch of that other show. And she's like, no, I don't oh. even know what you're talking about. And I'm like, no, you no. You and I really are the worst <laughs> with it, uh, at that because I will pause a show Me too. and be like, oh, this person was in this season of Law and Order SVU. I'm like, that's how we came- know him. And she's like, I never said <laughs> I knew him. I don't even know who you mean. Like, he was in the scene for three seconds. Anybody who knows us can testify. Well, this is the thing. You watch any show that go that runs on long enough, you will know literally every single TV character actor that there is. True. If you watch Grey's from start to finish or Law and Order SVU, you will know every single actor who is working. It's just how it goes. Or like soap operas or any show that just goes on for like longer than it should. Mm-hmm. It's just they you, they become recognizable. And then you see them again and you're like, I remember when they were in that weird episode of Grey's Anatomy that I watched like three times for some reason. Yeah. Or, oh, this actor was played this like uh, victim in Law and Order and like came back later on. It was a, for some reason a DA now. Literally. But they're different characters, but they're the same actor. It's like, it's just ingrained in you. And yeah, we're not fun to watch things it's, with. It's I think. arcane knowledge. It's arcane knowledge. Because sometimes <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even need to Google it. I'm like, holy shit. No, I'm just like, the I know that person. from that episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. You're shitting me. Yeah. That's literally him. Like, why <laughs> do we need to have this on pause right now? I'm trying to watch this. And, and it's. That's like. So one of my favorite movies of all time is First Wives Club. Love it. Uh excellence it's just Diane it's Keaton. so good and uh, yeah Diane Keaton, Bette Midler, yep. Goldie Hawn like, and it's Sarah Jessica movie. Parker's in it too like it's excellence and I was watching it I watch it all the time and I was watching it one day and I was like holy shit so you know the scene when they're falling in the window washing uh-huh. thing like down the side of the building and yeah, they stop and in front of the is... couple that's having sex yeah that's Meredith that's Ellis Gray I just realized that like last year I was re-watching it and I was like holy shit, that's young, that's Ellis Gray's actress. I forget her name, obviously. But it, it, like, clicked for me finally, and I was like, oh my god, I've unlocked some sort of, like, gay third eye. Okay, the actress is Kate Burton, and the same thing happened to me with her, but she's in another show that, she's in a couple of different shows that I recently watched, and I remember being like, holy shit, she's actually in that. She's in the... She's a good actress. Yeah, she's in the Inventing Anna documentary thing, the mockumentary. 
Oh, and she she's also is? in the I yeah, and she's that. also in the dropout, the story of um, what's her face with the drop of blood. Holy shit, she's yeah. in both of those. Yeah, good for her. What she was in something else too. Oh my god, she's in so much. Again, she's like a great character. Doesn't actress. matter. She's been in a million things. <laughs> she's in, she's in Scandal. That's how I know her, Elder, because she plays the vice president in Scandal, which I loved. Scandal. She's in so much stuff. She was in a it's she's in a lot crazy. of shit. Yeah. Holy crap. All right. Yeah. Oh, she's in. The, she plays Hillary Clinton okay, in the First we, Lady. That that show. Yeah, have you seen I, that? I've heard of it. I I know. I'm sorry. Like we always do this. <laughs> we're going on and on about Kate Burton. Oh, she's like, this is us. We're going on and on about Kate Burton. Right we now. stand. Yeah, we do stand. Oh shit, she was in Veep. <laughs> what? I don't remember her in Veep. She's in Veep as oh, who was she in Veep? No, okay, this is the last one, and then we're gonna move on. She's Barbara Hallowes in I Veep. I don't remember that at all. Oh wait, oh wait, oh I kind I of remember, remember her. She's either. kind of a bitch. I mean, <laughs> I feel, I feel probably. like I remember her being like. Uh, Has she ever played a character that's nice? Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like she's very typecast. We stand Kate Burton. We stand Kate Burton. We really she's not do. Even in she's this episode come- of Glee. Okay, we need to stop. It's been <laughs> ten minutes on Kate Burton. Okay, moving on. I'm sure she's gonna come up again. She totally is. As soon as we start talking about Grey's Anatomy, she's gonna come right up. Like. Or Veep. or Veep. Period. All right, so Naya's Spanish was bad. That's not so gonna stupid. lie. <laughs> yeah, probably. I can't speak Spanish, but I believe that. It was bad. I felt Spanish like three times. Well, I speak it fluently, and her accent was way bad. Well, she's also from Lima Heights adjacent. That's the funniest bit, is because it's like she's not actually from like a bad part of town. I know. And then Blaine and Kurt say their first I love you, uh, I think. Right? That's your first one ever. Oh, uh, yes. And Kurt is shell shocked. He should be. I mean, it's so cute. Blaine just says it so casually it... and with no regrets or like. He's just like, I love you. He d- his expression does not change. Like at it's all. saying anything. Yeah, which is the best way to do it. It's so sweet. It's so romantic in a way that's not like beating you over the head. Oh, it just makes mm-hmm. me so happy. And Kurt doesn't make a big deal out of it, even though you see all his gears turning, and he's like, holy shit, oh my god. And and but he's just like, I love you too. And then they like they move on. It's so sweet. It's so... It makes me so happy. He just looks so happy and so honest about it. Like, yeah. you just know that he means what he's saying. He's not he's saying, not saying, it saying it to say it. As, it. like, an accident or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really nice wrap-up from all the things we've talked about in Season 2. And we'll continue to talk about mm-hmm. in Season 2 of Glee. Of, like, Kurt's storyline from, like, this really lonely, like, sad gay kid who just cannot catch a break. Till the end, like, the last episode, he has this support system in his friends. He has this realized dream of singing on a broadway stage with his best friend he goes to new york he flies on a plane like all these things he says and he's like he even says he's like not been it hasn't been a pr- too bad of a year for kurt hummel it's like he's right he really he came out the other side he like he has the life that he knows he deserves now and he has a partner who loves him and respects him and it's a really nice full circle moment on this like character arc that we see for kurt in this whole season so good it's so good and then we see sam and mercedes um, I completely forgot about Sam and Mercedes' relationship, and I don't know how that happened, but I do love I them. I love them together. And I think they're a great relationship. They work yeah, so well. It's such a, they have such a good dynamic. They do. I, yeah, I forgot about, I always remember it because it's one of those storylines that I really enjoy, and I just like their dynamic and their chemistry together, and like how much respect and love that they have for each other, especially how much love Sam has for Mercedes that he like just goes out of his way to show her at all times. 
But I forgot that it was kind of introduced in this episode with this scene. Like, I fully spaced on it. I mean, because there's also just, like, so much happening in this episode. So it's, but, so I was like, I remember that happened and I was like, oh, yeah, I like this. I remember this now. This is cute. Cute. Yeah. And then we cut to a Britney Santana scene and Santana has a Rachel Voodoo I would go for one. Me too. And then Britney's talking about how Glee Club is all about acceptance and how she loves everyone in Glee Club. And I spotted a feather in her hair. And do you remember when everyone wanted feathers in their I hair? I do. It's very of the times. It's And would get like, yeah. It's like clipping or braiding. Moment. Yeah, it's yeah. very accurate. No, I mean, they would be like, they would be like somewhat permanent yeah. and last for like three to six months. Which also makes sense, so much sense for Brittany. Mm-hmm. And she is totally the type. Yeah, it's, it, this whole scene is very cute. And it mimics that Kurt scene where she's just like talking about, she doesn't feel bad. She's happy with where her life is and where everyone is at. Like it's a, it's a nice button on this kind of arc that she's had too. And then Santana's like, what about you and I? Gay, 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 so gay. Cute. It's so cute. Her little face. And Santana's little face. And she says it. she's like, well, what about me? What about me, Whitney? Like, oh, she's so cute. She's so. Oh I love that. I love watching so them cute. together. I love watching them anytime me they're too. talking in front of a locker. They're such <laughs> a good couple. Like they're just such. Santana a good couple. looks so happy. She looks kind of like worried too. There's just something in her expression that she's just like, "What if it? I, I want to be together." Like, yeah, let's just do it. It almost exasperates. And then when they hug and they're, she's like, I like, they're like, mm. we're best. What do they say exactly? I'm sure you know it better than I. Okay. Santana's like, what about you and I? And Brittany's like, I love you, Santana, more than any of anyone I've ever loved before. And then they hug and then she's like, you're my best friend. And Santana's like, mine too. Okay. But she looks kind of sad about when it. When she said that, that's what I was thinking of because I had my note here and I was like, what the fuck is this in context too? When they say that. The first thing that popped into my head was the Taylor Swift lyric, I don't want you like a best friend. Yeah. Gay. I told you that song it's, is about It them. is. No, I know. But it's just like, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Dress. Oh, such a good song. Dress. I think that's the best song from Reputation. We can't talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Next. All right. Um. <laughs> no more tangents. Next. No more tangents. And then Finchel scene. He's like, you gave it all up for one kiss. Was it worth it? No. <laughs> it's just like, wow, you guys. Sure, okay. I guess. I don't know. This scene is fine. Uh, it's fine. It's totally passable. I don't really care. It's like, okay. Anyway. <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah. All right. You lost a competition and neither of you seem to care about yeah, it. Yeah, no one seems to care except Santana. Right? Right? And then the they go into the Glee Club and Quinn has fully entered Zoe Deschanel era. She's wearing like high-heeled Oxfords with like a... Yeah. it's. I don't like her, I don't like her outfits, but I love her, her hair like this. Her aesthetic is very 2011 Zoe Deschanel. What's, it's very what's it called? Manny Ma- Pixie yes, Dream Girl. That's, it. that's exactly the word. Yeah, it's very much that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, 500 Days of Summer, oh all that type. Oh my god. I hated she just, that era. She, yeah, it's I, It's not for oh. me. I. But I do like her hair, again. And I love what later on when she has the short pink hair. It looks very cute. And that's it. That's it. They get their, their little 12th place trophy. Mm-hmm. And they're all cheering, and it's very... I like when they're cheering for it, and you get that, like, glee music at the end where they're, it's, like, like happy music. Yeah, it's, it's a great... Such a good episode. It's a great episode. All right, so that's it. That's New York. It's, like... This is one of the most iconic episodes. Literally, of the show. literally, literally. I, I no, mean, I was smiling no question. the entire time. Like this episode was so good, ear to ear, mm-hmm. smiling the entire time. I just can't help it. But um, we're again, we're gonna be going a little bit back in time. <gasps> what next are we week. watching? What are we watching? We're gonna be talking about one of my favorite episodes, oh one of the most iconic episodes. Which one? We're gonna be talking about original song. <gasps> Ooh. 
uh... Like, this is... This is one for the history books. This is one of the Clay episodes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. One of the most important... I have it on like, my list, Kurt too. episodes. Yeah, it's so good. I'm so, so excited to talk about it. And we're going to get some more fun original songs. I can't wait. All right, everyone. Well, that was New York. Thank you for listening. All of our socials are linked in the description of the pod. Um, yes. We can't wait to talk about our next episode. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, please do... Um, subscribe and leave us a little review wherever you get your podcast believe it or not yeah the reviews help us build word of mouth on the pod and get more listeners so and feel free to tell your friends who are also really annoying about tv yes please tell them and i swear that once we finish with glee for those of you who don't watch glee or are waiting for us to watch another show we're getting to <laughs> we're getting to it we're we're wrapping we're it gonna up get there take it easy we have so, an idea for our next little series we're excited. On what show we're going to do and how we're going to do it. We've been talking about it and we're very excited about it. I think if if anyone who knows us can maybe guess what we're going to do next, let us know. We'll let you know if you're right or wrong. But Definitely. we've been talking about it. We're trying to figure it out because we only have a couple more episodes of Glee that we're going to do. And then we're going to get into something else. Yeah. Um, Glee has been really fun so far. Excited to wrap it up here yeah. in the next few episodes and, you know, looking forward to starting something new. But until then... Hope to hear from you um, next week. Let us know what you think of the episode. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Oh, my God. He's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.